On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, we'll be talking Star Wars gaming. That's right, some Swago, some old school, some new school. We're going to get into an Ahsoka fan film that would be awesome if it was real. We're going to be talking Kylo heading the Dagobah in the comics. How Jon Favreau is going to get more involved in The Mandalorian Season 2. Plus, other interesting details from Mandalorian, especially a choice quote from my man Dave Filoni. Finally, on the news front, we'll be talking everyone's favorite Star Wars director, Ryan Johnson. And don't forget, at the end, it's the top five Star Wars artist features of the week. Cue the music. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars Time Show. It's Matt and Nick, and we are locked and loaded, as you heard from that sexy-ass announcer. We've got all sorts of things to talk about, Nick, so let's get right into one of the favorite things of the Star Wars universe of ours, and that is the mind-numbing, the tapping-inducing, free-to-play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Oh, Galaxy of Heroes. You people at Capital Games always figure out how to just, like, (laughs) Pull us back in, you know, Uh. like to to keep us coming back. We got gear level 13 about what, a month and a half ago, two months ago, maybe a little bit longer. And we're like, okay, gear 13's here. Now we have a new maximum. That's going to be what everybody strives for, gear 13. But wait, there's more. Capital Games today, actually, on September 9th, announced a brand new update coming to Galaxy of Heroes. And it's called Relic amplifiers now basically what a relic amplifier is in galaxy of heroes is an unlockable new piece of gear you could say for every yeah i'll I'll go with gear that works yeah it's in the gear screen it's leveled up by pieces of gear in a way so it's almost like a new piece of gear so when you hit gear level 13 for your characters and if you play this game you know that gear 13 is not easy to obtain When you get to gear 13, you unlock your character's relic. And what the relic is, is basically their weapon. Like, this is their source of power. So, once you get to gear 13, you can then start upgrading this relic. And when you upgrade the relic, what happens is you you unlock new stats, you unlock enhanced stats, and you basically supercharge your character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, from the video, Nick, and by the way, everyone, if you if you go to StarWarsTime.net, or you should be doing it anyways on a daily basis, so shame on you, but you can check out a trailer for this. It uh, actually does a pretty good job at showing off what the relic mechanic's going to look like, but as Nick said, it's probably going to be weapon-based. Uh, Who would they show in the video? It's Ray, right? JTR? Yeah, so they, they show JTR. Her relic is going to be the Skywalker family blade. Um, I've seen screenshots of others. Well, Kylo. Nick, it's now called Ray's lightsaber. Ray's lightsaber, yes. Not the Skywalker According to family. Pablo Hildago. So it was the Skywalker family blade in the OT. <laughs> now it's Ray's lightsaber. Well, I mean, honestly, when you hear the term relic, it... Her having that blade makes the most sense of calling it Relic. Now, if we're guessing, as you said, that other characters' relics will be their weapons too, then it's like, okay, what are we talking about here? Yeah, well, like, uh, Maybe their weapon changes. I don't yeah, know. But. It could. That would be cool because like CLS, if CLS is going to have a relic, Commander Luke Skywalker, for those who don't play the game, is his relic also going to be the blade? Yeah, it has to be because it's not like they're going to give him the green boy. Yeah, exactly. Like That's eventually going to come whenever we get ROTJ Luke in the future. Speaking of him, our intern, Ryan the intern, 
He's got inside info. What's he got? I wouldn't say he has inside info, but he's he's very good at kind of using the force to feel out where this game's going. Yeah, you know, he's kind of very uh, Palpatine-ish with his future thinking. Okay, okay. He believes that uh, Jedi Luke, aka Black Suit Luke, yep, Green Saber Luke, if you will, will be the kind of the carrot to bring everyone back after they've pissed off enough people to where they feel like the game's going to close. Okay, so they're really like, yeah, holding he, he feels out. like he's he's going to be like the the last hurrah like no motherfuckers, you're not leaving yet. Whales open those wallets, you got to keep paying us because here he is, Jedi Luke. Yeah. I mean, I can see that cuz I mean, my first thought as a player who, you know, kind of got into the game a little later than than others like Seeing gear level 13 and then seeing how hard it is to get to gear level 13, like you essentially, you almost have to shell out dollars to get to 13. Like it's super If you want to do it hard. in any sort of timely fashion, 100%, or, or you got to spend enough to create your own economy, which I've gotten better at, but I'm still not generating, you know, three, 400 a day. Gems, that is, people. That's the in-game currency. That's the real money stuff that if you spend real money, that's what you get is gems, but... Yeah, I mean, he feels, you know, he, he gets very upset with this game. I and mean, he is hardcore reading yeah. forums on Discord, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And he's all upset because he feels like free-to-play can't really be a, a winner anymore, a champion in Grand Arena or whatever. I'm like, well, dude, you never technically were free-to-play when you drop <laughs> over a grand. So you've kind of set yourself up to be in this spot of you don't want to pay anymore. But to stay on the top, you kind of have to because that's how the – yeah, the yeah. game's been built that way from game one. But anyways, there's a whole faction of people. They want to quit. They hate it. They feel it's gotten chintzy, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but he did. He threw that out there. Another one he's stewing on is uh, General Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so he's one. been – check this out. Again, th- we're, we're probably talking to ourselves about Swigo here. I don't know <laughs> if anyone else that listens to the show regularly plays this game, and you guys should, and girls. It's fantastic. Great time killer throughout the day. Uh, but he's been farming Jedi Masters. So, like, Plo oh, Koon and Kit Fisto. <laughs> Just and off of Eve the Koth. off chance that they come out, that he comes right, out. Right, exactly. Thinking, thinking he'll, be, he'll be ready day one to get uh, General Anakin. So, Dude, I, I do listen to him because the guy, the guy uh, has laid down some roadmaps that definitely came true. But those are his takes on this. And tying things back to the relics, he sent us a screenshot of what it's going to look like for your characters because apparently. Uh, Relics isn't live yet, but they've already made the UI changes in your character menu, where if you do have G13 characters, their <clears throat> icons are a little different now. And they actually look much cooler. I mean, they essentially have the lightsaber glow effect behind them, either red or blue, depending on their faction. Yeah, yeah. It looks really awesome. I mean, I'm not going to see that color glowing behind any of my characters anytime soon. Definitely not by the end of this year, and maybe not by the end of next year, but... Um, I do think it's cool that they're continuing to push the levels of progression in this game, and they're doing it in a different way than it, than just standard, you know, gear tier 14, gear tier 15, gear tier 16. Like, having... Yeah, I like it. I yeah. mean, it's like when they had the the mods, that, that, that wasn't always part of this game. I mean, I've, I've been here since day one. This game has grown... Uh, it's not even the same game anymore, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, evolved th- th- even since I've started playing. There's days... I mean, you had to grind this fucking game. I mean, you had to play all of the, the Galaxy of War shit every day. You couldn't multi-sim it. I remember that. Uh, that was nightmare type of stuff. So 
in the end, my friends, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, you're, you're probably never going to hear me say a bad thing about it. Now, it gets me pissed off every day. I mean, there's about two hours every day where I'm competing in my arena shards, where I'm spitting, throwing my phone, punching my phone, cursing the world. But that just goes to show you I care, right? I mean, I, I do love it. I love the collecting aspect of it. And it gets support, content updates. Plus, you always have kind of a goal. So it's something, Nick, when you're on the shitter, mm-hmm. you're in standstill traffic, or in your, you're in your office and you want to slit your throat, you can pull out your phone, tablet, fire up some go, do some taps, and just make yourself feel better about the day because you're playing Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, gu- it's a right. guaranteed good time. Yeah, with 100%. And again, F2P, people. Download it. If you hate it, delete it. It's not going to hurt anything. Moving on in our Star Wars video game news update coverage, we've got some pretty awesome news for old Star Wars fans like myself and, and Nick and uh, those fans that like the game and, and maybe some fans that didn't get to experience Star Wars games when Star Wars games were actually made on a somewhat regular basis. And Nick, that's due to the news that two classic Star Wars video games will be getting ported to the Switch and PS4 as soon as September 24th. Uh, the first game is going to be Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and then followed in 2020 by Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. So, Nick, uh, these are basically two games that we've uh, often waxed poetic about. Yes. I believe they just made our recent top X game, X Star Wars games of all time list. Yes. Uh, so I haven't really had a chance to talk to you about this news. What do you think about this? I mean, I think that this is fantastic. Like you said, if you haven't had a chance to play these games before and you're not a PC player, which is basically the only place where you can get these games now is on Steam sale, having them come to Switch and PS4 in their original format, like there's no HD remastering. There's no re- these are not remakes. These are straight ports of the original. They're coming to the Switch and the PS4, and it's a great way for younger fans to realize, like, hey, you know, you're used to playing Battlefront 2, Battlefront 1. You're used to playing, you know, Force Unleashed and stuff like that. This is what, you know, the first iterations of Star Wars action-adventure games look like. Yeah, like, pretty much. I mean, you know, Dark Forces was the OG to bring kind of 3D Star Wars game. It was essentially Star Wars skin doom. Yeah. Uh, but then we eventually made it to here. Wasn't Kyle a part of Dark Forces? Kyle Katarn, I, I believe yeah. he was, yeah. Because, like, this character, Kyle Katarn, is a very interesting one to follow throughout Yeah, he's canon. goofy. He's like... Yeah. Um, a Luke Han Solo. Yeah, a little but more Han Solo. Yeah, he's he's a fun guy to play as in Jedi Outcast. Um, he's not really featured prominently in Jedi Academy. Jedi Academy, you're playing as a... Um, you're just a no-name, right? I mean, you're essentially yourself. Yeah, they give you the name Jaden Core, and you're basically playing as a new Padawan to, to Luke's Jedi ah, Academy. Got so yeah. all right. That's, that's kind of the, the character history there. Um, yeah, so my takeaway on this is, I mean, fuck the PS4. This type of shit is ideal, in my opinion, for the Nintendo Switch. I oh, mean, yeah. That, that is what the Switch, to me, can excel at. I mean, the, the Switch is fantastic. Let, let's be honest. I mean, the Switch, I, I think, again, as Nintendo typically does, fooled a lot of people. I mean, I think a lot of people were making fun of it when it was first announced. But now it's pretty much a, a mega success for Nintendo, 
Uh, I know people that I thought would never play on a Nintendo console again are playing on. I mean, uh, my buddy Hank, the stuntman, he's got one. He said pretty much everyone in Hollywood that works on a set brings a Switch now to kill time. So, oh, yeah. That's the best uh, part Having this it. on the Switch, man, I mean, that, that gets me excited because this is even... I know we got I got KOTOR on my iPad, and that's going to get even better when iOS 13 drops, and it has native support for Xbox One and PS4 controllers. That's going to be badass. But I would still rather have that game on a console like the Switch. Uh, so I think this this idea is awesome, and I hope it expands throughout this old uh, library of Star Wars games. Yeah, exactly. I mean... I've already went through and bought Final Fantasy VIII Remaster on Switch. And like you said, the good thing about that console is, one, the portability, and two, the, you know, these games, these these games that are not being up like Jedi Knight 2 and Jedi Knight 1, like, you're not going to get the fidelity that you need to play it on a PS4 or an Xbox One Fuck or anything no, like it'll that. look like shit. I yeah. mean... I think I told you when, when I got the bug up my ass to play KOTOR again, which I've literally stalled out on the second planet, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Surprise. I have mega ADD anymore. I mean, I'm all over the fucking place. I can't even sit down and watch movies anymore without being uh, engaged on my phone or a tablet. So, um, But I, you remember, I tried to just load it up on the One X because it said it was going to up-res this and that and make the fidelity a little bit better. And it, it, I was like, fuck you. Yeah, it's like I mean, on a, on a big 4K TV these days, it's still kind of 4-3 letterboxed, yep. and it looks like vomit. Yeah, so exactly. Nick's right. These so, are best suited for small screens. Yeah, so and you don't need online connectivity to play. Yes, if you played them in the past, they will still have the well, multiplayer Well, Nick, arenas. the second one, uh, Jedi Academy, they will be yep. featuring its multiplayer component. Yeah, exactly, but... You don't need it to play through the story. So no, like, if you're on a plane, you can play through the story of these games. Fantastic stories, by the way, for both of them. So if you haven't played through these these little you know stories, these legend stories now, they're definitely worth your time. Um, and yeah, like you said, if you're on the go a lot, if you don't if you don't have time to sit at home and you know play a twenty to thirty hour game on a on a tv then the switch is the perfect option yeah. for you so or, I mean, or like you know you got a little kid or you want to spend some time with the family instead of locking yourself away in your gaming cave or den you could just sit there and stealthily you know play a little little jedi academy while everyone's watching barbie fairy princess or something so uh, I'll, I'll definitely be snagging this i mean the first one's dropping on the 24th so i mean that's less that's basically exactly two, two weeks, weeks away, away yeah from the time we're recording here so uh, I'll definitely be getting it, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it once we uh, get our hands on it and let you know how it plays on the Switch. So, we're not quite done with the Star Wars video game news yet. We got some new uh, artwork for uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Nick. Okay, so yep. uh, we, we teased the cover in the last cast, but now there's a limited edition art book, which yielded more concept art to check out. And it wasn't that exciting outside of one image in particular that, that really kind of got me excited as a Star Wars fan, a fan of the Imperial look, and a fan of collecting Star Wars. And that is this Imperial Flame Trooper, which is a Stormtrooper unit we did not see during the Age of Rebellion films. Yeah, uh, or so really a, in the, the cartoon series either. Yeah, so. no, I mean, this is a, a brand new unit, which... That seems to be the deal these days, Nick. If you get a Star Wars franchise and you're either going to create a big game or a movie, you pretty much have to feature a new 
Star Wars type. Or, I mean, a new Stormtrooper type, right? Yes. Uh, so it looks like Fallen Order is getting the Imperial Flame Trooper, and he's best described. I'll try to throw the image in the movie or in the YouTube version of the cast. He's best described as a snow trooper that made out with a stormtrooper cadet. And <laughs> if you saw Star Wars Rebels, I believe, oh hell, I know Ezra has one of these, but the, yeah. the, there's buckets for beginner level stormtroopers or Imperials. Yeah, and they're, uh, that they're have the, of... a very similar face mask to this flame trooper. So I'd say the face mask is the uh, kind of the cadet thing, and then the rest of the of the helmet type is snow trooper. I mean, they, yeah. they kind of got the the bag coming down, the more angular helmet, yeah. and really his armor, and, and he's got a fucking robe. I mean, everything else is snow trooper. Yeah, one hundred percent snow trooper, and I mean, it's an awesome looking trooper here and you know we've seen other variations of flame troopers before obviously we're getting the uh the first order flame trooper i believe coming up and you know well, i mean that happened in, in tfa yes that's what, that's what blowing down that jacku village so. yeah so it's cool to see the imperial version of that same kind of concept and like you said i think both of you know, both you and I said this before we went live. Like, man, this would look really cool as a fucking figure, as like a six-inch figure. Oh, and yeah. Matt being in the toy community is probably salivating thinking about something like this. Well, I mean, when when we posted it to IG, that I think that was some of the reactions were like, "Ooh, I hope we get a figure. I hope we get a figure." I mean, you're probably going to get a figure. Uh, there was leaks of the Cal Kestis figure, Black Series figure. I mean, it didn't really look that great. There's also an image of Cal in this post as well as information on the limited edition of the art book which is going to go for 80 bucks versus 40 and it sounds like the only difference is you get a slip space cover and a gallery quality lithograph yeah so, that's not worth the the 80 i, I don't not, think so but think so if you want to get them you can grab them through starwarstime.net within the post we got them here for you but I don't know, man. I mean, looking at some of this concept art, looking at this new Imperial Flame Trooper, I just I'm even more excited for this game. I hope it. I know it's going to look great. Uh, I just hope it plays great, and even more, it, it has a good story because that's really all I care about in games anymore. I don't give a fuck about the gameplay unless it's horrendous. I want a good story. Oh yeah, especially I mean, a good Star Wars story. That that's exactly what we're looking for. And look, if Kojima ever ever makes a, a Star Wars game, you can almost guarantee that he's going to put a very easy mode in it, like he's done with Death Stranding. And he's like, oh, this is for people who just like movies. So like, if you want to play, if you want to play Death Stranding, and not really have to do anything, just put it on very easy mode. But yeah, I agree. The first and foremost, well, I mean, that's story. what I've been wishing for. I, I think on our gaming cast, I, I was talking about how I'd like to just basically hold a controller. And every once in a while, maybe hit a button, but not like QTE, QTE style. Literally just hit like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like or open like open a door. Yeah. Op- I think I could, I could open doors and open chests and I'd be happy. Yeah. Everything else, just do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, maybe walk a little bit, but I'd still rather just have it fucking walk for me. So like you said, watch a movie. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of stuff is definitely... More, even more enticing for the Fallen Order game. It's coming out very soon. We're almost two months to the date out from the release of this title. So if you haven't already gone and pre-ordered it, you can do that. Um, but yeah, just get ready for, a, for an excellent experience here with Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, all the arts looked great. We talked about 
the the previous RP set release that we kind of speculated could be like a Sith Temple last week. And now we got this awesome Flame Trooper. So lots of good stuff coming out of yeah. the, the R. And if we do get the Black Series figure, you know what we want. We, we're, we're talking to you, Sir Dork, and you everything. Mm-hmm. Blow, Blow that up. fucker up. <laughs> Flame Trooper. That's all you need to hear. Flames. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Getting fuego. Gasoline, maybe. I don't know. I'm excited. I, I'm still excited for Sir Dork's uh cremation of the retro figures oh yeah <laughs> he said he's committed to it so we'll see oh, all right man moving on uh we're still kind of in some fandom type of stuff and this one's awesome especially if you're a fan of uh the clone Wars, star wars rebels dave filoni or just the girl herself ahsoka tano uh so we got this pretty awesome fan trailer for with this uh what's his name here tim gonzalez is the creator mm-hmm. he basically pitched a an ahsoka tano a star wars story you know so like solo rogue one something like that but featuring ahsoka tano and what he did he used uh, choice clips from the star wars rebels season two where she came back you know it was fulcrum this that and the other thing had a little encounter with vader slash anakin and just an all-around great character character arc story arc so nick this guy cut some of that footage up add some music to it, and creates a pretty damn good trailer out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ahsoka is one of those characters that was brought to life in the in the animated series and that has just, you know, really exploded in the fandom. Everybody loves this character. She's intriguing. She's really cool to see, her, like, her path kind of play out from desertion in the Jedi Order and then coming back, as you said, as Fulcrum in season two of Rebels and then kind of seeing her, her storyline play out, you know, finding out who Vader is and everything like that. I mean, it's a fantastic story and there's tons of material that is that can still be told for Ahsoka. I mean, you have basically years post-desertion of the Jedi Order till we see her again in Rebels that you can fill in story for. So... I think it's a it's a no brainer if you're talking about easy content for Disney Disney Plus kind of stuff, um, and it's a character that everybody loves. I mean Ashley Eckstein, even the, you know the voice actress for everybody loves her too. So I mean, it's a no brainer. Disney get this done. Yeah, it'd be badass. I mean, I would take it animated, live action, doesn't matter. I mean, I, I'm just kind of looking at the thumbnail this guy's using. I'm reminded that I find Tagruta's sexy. Yes, you did mention that, I think, a couple of guests. I ago. did. Like, this isn't just a new revelation. I, I don't know, man. She looks sexy as hell with that pose and those fucking snakes coming down or over her uh, orange boobies. I don't know, man. Ahsoka does something for me. You gotta, you gotta get the costume for for your wife for next Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta it's be like, hey, uh, the little one already lined out our costumes this year. You'll like them. Uh, she wants to be Bespin Leia, but the one oh, in the red dress. Okay, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> Mommy has to be Padme. <laughs> Daddy's Obi Wan Kenobi because he has a beard. Oh, that's perfect. And then her pop-pop, my dad, is Jabba the Hutt. Because <laughs> he's a little chubby. <laughs> oh, my God, man. And that, that was all her choice. Oh, that's how she laid him down. So. I mean, that seems like it's a pretty easy trio to pull off. I mean, yeah, if you yeah, go I, with I actually Battle have Padme. an old Kenobi tunic and robe around here somewhere, but it was from my uh, much heavier days. I don't know what it would look like, but we'll see. I'll, I'll oblige. Yeah, I mean, Jedi uh, robes yeah. are flowy, so. <laughs> So anyways, back back to Soga. This is more of a PSA. Go check it out. We got it up on StarWarsTime.net if you missed it when we threw it up on uh, IG. And again, 
I wish IG would just let us fucking link shit. It's so stupid, but whatever. Sorry, you got to do bio link for now. Or you could just find us about 9,000 other followers, and then we could start doing at least links in our stories. All right, moving on. This is one Nick dug up this week, and it's on the Star Wars comic book front. But it looks like our buddy Kylo, a.k.a. Ben Solo, is going to travel to a, kind of an iconic location in Star Wars lore. Yeah, so we have a new comic book series coming out, comic book series called Age of Resistance. So this is in line with the new naming conventions for all the different eras of Star Wars that we've experienced so far in canon. So you have Age of Rebellion in the beginning, or what was it? Age of Republic in the beginning, Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance. And then I'm I'm slowly like beating myself into using those now because I, I I do think they're better than prequels, originals, sequels. I agree with that. Yeah, because we were. I mean, it's kind of like you said. It's kind of ingrained in our head to just call them by their you know right their their series title. But having actual names for the ages is super interesting. It's it's way more on point. So Star Wars Age of Resistance comic series, the specific thread is going to be the Supreme Leader Snoke book number one. And this is going to take us to an iconic location that we've seen multiple times in Star Wars history. So we're going to the Force Cave on Dagobah. And and, I mean, this is the perfect spot for Kylo to go to. I mean, this is still early in his days and his training when he was still learning from Snoke, trying to really find his path within the dark side. And Snoke brings him here and says, like, this, you need to do basically the same thing as your as your uncle did. Like, he confronted his darkness here, but you need to confront your darkness and accept it here. Oh, yeah, and embrace yes. it. I mean, he doesn't he does want to do what Luke did and just kind of be like, oh, shit, why the fuck is my face in there? Yeah, so... It's a it's a cool little, you know, story arc for Kylo. If you look at the art of this book, you can tell that this is a much, much younger Kylo Ren. You can tell in his face he looks very young. And Yeah, just I was going to gonna say, you notice he, he's not sporting the helmet. I'm, I'm wondering if that's because he's with Homeboy, who hated the helmet anyways, or if he just didn't get in mixed up with the Knights of Ren yet. Yeah, yeah, it could be pre-helmet for sure. This is where the intern would come into play, because that motherfucker does read comics. Yeah, this would be but a because perfect... he's an intern. He's like, "Fuck you guys! You don't pay me. I'm not doing shit." Yeah, this could be a perfect review review item here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, goddamn interns. <laughs> I mean, the story that's being told here is super interesting. Um, we're getting to see a little bit more of Snoke and Kylo, which is something that we really didn't get to see in the movies too much, outside of a few interactions. So. Um, and then, you know, if you go on the actual starwars.com link for this, you'll see some of the other panels that were on there as well. And you can see Snoke just really talk shit to Kylo. He's like, nonstop. You, yeah. you know, he's like, if I had your, at one point in the, in the, in the, uh, thread, he says, if I had your uncle, I would have taken over this galaxy far, far ago, like long, long ago. So already kind of building up that hatred for for Luke Skywalker, even in his young age, right after kind of leaving the Jedi Academy, so ah, oh, got you. So he was playing him against Luke. Oh yeah, way way early. Yeah, I, I I do hope we get some more on this Snoke character. Yeah. So this is the first book of the Snoke series. I don't think that they re, uh, released the total number of books that we'll get about Snoke. I, I think it's a I, I think it's a one off. To be honest with you. Okay. So if it's the I think these Age of Resistance, it's going to be a one off 
per character. Yeah, so hopefully we get some good content out of this book, but we're definitely going to be getting Kylo Ren, Dagobah, Force Cave with Snoke early on in the day. What I want to know, Nick, is why none of these motherfuckers on the dark side ever changed their clothes. And we're talking like decades, right? Yeah. I mean, look at Snoke still whipping the old He's, he's in his cape. gold fucking Hugh Hafner robe, and Kylo's still whipping his raggedy-ass TFA Kylo Ren garb. Yeah, I guess. Like, these got to be some stinky assholes. Yeah. I mean, at least at least <laughs> Kylo changes slightly in The Last Jedi. You yeah, know? Gets a new sash. Gets, you know. Yeah, uh, he, he's not quite quite wearing the, the raggedy ass thing he wore in TFA, but it's still very similar. He's got more of a cape than than just a full on robe. Yeah. Maybe but Snoke uh, literally doesn't look like he's changed in years. Maybe the the clothes in the Star Wars galaxy are self cleaning. Maybe they don't need a like Blonder, well, fuck, at least the good guys change. I mean, the good guys have, like, a, a an alpha change a couple times an episode. I mean, Luke, he, that motherfucker changed, like, three times. Yeah, Luke, Luke had a lot Ray of changes. Ray changes, uh, Poe changes. I mean, Padme had so many different outfits, you couldn't even track them. That's all. what I mean. It's like, these, these bad guys, they just, they don't give a shit about fashion. They're like, fuck it, I like this, I'm gonna wear it, even though it probably has uh, living bacteria on it by now. Yeah. So, hey. uh, so yeah. Star Wars Age of Resistance comics coming out September 11th. So if you're listening to this, this comic book is already out. It hits the shelves. You can get it digital. You can get it in the store. Pick it up. Find out what happens to Kylo in the Force Cave on Dagon. Damn Skippy. I like it. And if I could read, I would read it. <laughs> but I digress, and we shall move on. All right, so the next three little points we're going to get into all deal with the Mandalorian. And the reason for that is John, Dave, they uh, went over to Entertainment Weekly, and Entertainment Weekly is actually, I believe the issue that's out now is all about the Mandalorian, the cover, this, that, and the other thing. So we've been getting some interesting tidbits of information for the first live-action Star Wars show and the Disney Plus crowning jewel, in my opinion. So anyways, uh, one of the lighter revelations we got in these interviews with EW, Nick, is that Favreau confirmed that, yes, he's already knee-deep in Season 2, which, by the way, has never been confirmed uh, by Disney Plus and them yet, right? Has Disney come out and said, yes, season two's happening? Yeah, I don't but think so. This is the second time I don't we've think heard so either. Yeah, Favreau talking about But we've about heard it. John and Dave basically saying, yeah, we were writing season two, we're getting ready. But uh, John, in an interview, Nick, said, hey, we're working on season two, writing, prepping with the directors and getting ready to direct myself, actually. I didn't get a chance the last time around because I was doing Lion King. So I'll step in for one of them. So John's going to direct an episode in season two. I mean, that's really fantastic. We've seen Favreau's work many times over. I mean, Iron Man, Lion King, John. That's Book. it right there, right, Nick? I mean, I think a lot of people forget that without him and RDJ, we may not be looking at a damn near three billion Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like in 2019. I mean, in 2008. I'll never forget when they announced, hey, Marvel's doing an Iron Man. I was like, fucking Iron Man? That's Why the fuck would they do Iron Man? Yeah, that was kind of the consensus before the movie came out. There, well, like, it's because they, they still didn't own a lot of the rights and shit. I mean, it was still Marvel. It wasn't Disney Marvel yet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's those two. It's, it's John with the directing, and I don't know if he wrote some of the script, and it clearly RDJ was what sealed the deal. But, yeah, Favreau's no joke. I mean, he acts, he writes, he directs. Uh, I, I'm not saying season two is automatically going to be better because he's directing. I mean, the guy's a fucking showrunner, so he's had a hand in every episode yep. more than likely. He just hasn't been behind the lens. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
we'll see if we get any kind of like Favreau to me. I mean, I can't really pick out like a directorial style or individual element from his directing. Like obviously JJ's got the lens flare. You have transitions with people like Edgar Wright and, you know, every director has kind of like a little quirk that they add into their, to their styles. But Favreau, I, I have to go back and watch his Yeah, stuff. I don't know. I, I know exactly what you're saying. And it's interesting to think about. I, I don't know if he does anything visually. I think his is more how scenes are shot in terms of like the, the dialogue and quips back and forth. He seems to like to do a lot of that, Yeah, you know, swingers type of shit dialogue humor but not too over the top yeah yeah exactly so it's really cool to see him coming back and coming into the director's chair for season two just even more reason to get excited about it and if they go with the same format uh for directors as they did with season one we could see some other big names behind the camera we have taika waititi in season one we have Bryce Dallas Howard in season one, Dave Filoni in season one. There's, I think there's two or three more directors that have done some really fantastic stuff as well. So, I mean, um, really excited to see first off how this fucking show is when it comes out in November and then exactly how we're going to move on into season two. So yeah, good, good stuff out of John Favreau. Right. But the Entertainment Weekly coverage did not end there, Nick, with The Mandalorian. We also got a look at the cover issue, which looks badass. And I guess for the first time, I, I really realized that he's not whipping the uh, the eye sensor. No, yeah, he doesn't radar. have that little, like, the, the... I mean, he's got the, the attach points on his helmet, but must not feel like using it. But anyways, we, we did get three new official images with some context provided, uh, one of them by uh, Gina Carano. And it kind of, I think it's bolstering my theory about how, like, how my light plot speculations for The Mandalorian. So, first and foremost, Nick, the images we get, we get one of Kara yep. in The Mandalorian. They're braced, ready for a fight. Yep. We get another one where it looks like they're outside some sort of homestead. And I believe they're with the lady that we see in the trailer that is holding the young girl in, like, a street. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too, is that... that Chai, I mean, that woman looks familiar. And I remember when that trailer came out, I specifically called her out like, hey, this lady. Right. Probably- it's not the one from the trailer where they're in red and they look like they're in a desert town street. It's the one literally it looks like she's hiding out in nature. And it, if you see this image, it definitely looks like the same planet. Uh, but it just kind of goes back to my initial theory that Kara and Mando are going to run into each other through circumstance. Yeah. He's probably out on a bounty. He's probably the one that Werner Herzog sends him on. That's probably going to be going after a young girl. And as I speculated, I believe Kara and him will kind of tussle. They'll team up out of circumstance, and they'll probably try and protect this girl throughout the season. And Gina kind of helps even sealed the deal even more for me with a quote she said so describing car she says she's gone from planet to planet she's a loner she's strong she runs into the mando on one of these planets and she's hiding out and thinks that he's here to take her in and then the relationship escalates from there so that's exactly day one when they introduce them at a celebration that, that's pretty much been my guess on how these two lead characters will function in the first season. Yeah, and what's really interesting here is is the one line that she says that she's hiding out. And we know that uh, Gina Carano's character of Car- Cara Dune was a former rebellion rebel shock trooper. 
And we know that we're functioning in this kind of outer rim area where you have these factions of imperial, you know, imperial military that are kind of trying to assert dominance. So it seems like based off of what she's saying that she's hiding out, that there may be like a bounty on her head. Oh, 100%. 100%. So going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Is he hired to go get her? Like, is is this like a, a job where he, you know, is tracking her down and then decides to not do anything and team up with this girl? Does he just kind of run into her by circumstance? And then now here's, I'm going straight up. He's not sent to get her. She thinks he's sent to get her. So they're going to be a little contentious at first. You know, she's gonna be like, get the fuck away from me. He's gonna be like, what the fuck? You're not taking me in. He's gonna be like, motherfucker, I'm not after you, but some shit just went down with the target. I'm after, and I need your help. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like a pretty good, you know, idea, pretty good little piece of speculation of what's going to go on. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be buddies no. when they first meet. It's like she says, the, the, their relationship escalates. Uh, I think it's going to be rocky, a little rocky at first, but the, when they when they realize that there's someone bigger than them or there's a more important mission than the, their two little deals, I think they team up and they, they help protect what I'm guessing is going to be this lady's little girl in the next image of them sitting at this homestead deal. Yeah, yeah. So um, lots of good stuff have come out of this, you know, this EW article. Talking a little bit to John and Dave as well. I mean, didn't really give too much uh, plot information. John did speak about kind of really digging more into these cantina folk, quote unquote. So, you know, when Luke and Obi-Wan walk into the the most icy cantina and we see this this hive of scum and villainy as obi-wan put it you know it seems like john and dave really kind of wanted to explore that part of things and that's kind of one of the you know one of the settings one of the themes of of this show is is really digging into the yeah i mean we also got from john i mean he he came out and said that there will not be any major note that word major legacy characters in the show at least not during its first season. So to me, that means, hey, you're not going to fucking see Luke. You're not going to see Leia. You're not going to see, obviously, no shit. You're not going to see C-3PO, R2-D2. But as Nick said, yeah, I'm interested in the people at the cantina. You may see, you know, the Wolfman, the vampire guy, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's what they're digging into. Filoni's quote was, I think, the best description of what they're, they're trying to do, essentially uh, comparing it to if you grew up with a big brother. So... He said, these are the action figures you got talking about the rando cantina people, (laughs) the bums no one wanted. Your older brothers have had good ones. He's basically talking about J.J. Abrams. (laughs) Somehow, you got Boba Fett. And if you have Boba Fett, you could always tell a good story. I just, I love Dave. I mean, just just that quote and the way he's describing their show and what they had to work with in terms of characters was fantastic. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, that's... But he also went on, Nick... And it kind of bolstered what we were talking about in the last cast of how we will see how the First Order could come to rise. Uh, But he also went on to see, here's a quote here, and I'm not quite sure what he's getting at, but it it gets my nipples hard. (laughs) I've seen a lot of Star Wars. So have we, Dave. So have we. And what's most exciting to me is that I am very confident we did some things and fans will see things that have never been seen before. That is exactly what we kind of expected from this series is we're exploring new character types. We're exploring new settings, even though we may see familiar planets, 
but where we're going on these planets are going to be new. And then just a completely different character archetype for our main. Like, this isn't your typical Jedi hero. This isn't your typical Force user who's, you know, fighting to save the galaxy from no. the grips of a an Imperial war but, machine. But he's also not a Boba Fett. I mean, this is what Pedro was talking about. He's like, he kind of does what's necessary to get by in this lawless world. I mean, he's not looking to be a piece of shit, but he'll skirt that line if it's going to get him some credits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just even even more things to get excited about this show. I mean, seeing... You know these images, like Matt was saying, we get the one, we get the two images with Cara Dune, and then there's also you get another. some live action Trandoshan. Yeah, no, Trandoshans is one of those characters that like the only one that you've ever really seen before is is Bosk, and um, now you're getting two others as well. So, I mean, this is it's some cool shit that's going down. Yeah, here. I just, I mean, Filoni's line like never been seen before. I, I think that extends even beyond just ooh, you're gonna you know deal with rando characters and a different plan to hear. I, I mean, I'm thinking the way things are shot, the way battles are fought. I mean, is it more violent? Is it more gritty? I don't know. But if Filoni's dropping shit like that, I, I don't think he's doing it to to sell more subs to Disney plus. No. I, I think he's saying it as a huge star Wars fan. Oh yeah. And so it just so happens he gets to create star Wars yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And this is coming from somebody who's done, you know, multiple seasons. Of I, I mean, star he Wars is, animated, he's so. George Lucas's true heir. Yeah. He is the protege. So yeah, lots to look forward to for the Mandalorian. I, I Even, can guarantee you when the sale went down, George had a line item like David Filoni will always be involved. He is the new me. I mean, and it's it's like you said, he's the true heir to the throne. And, and this guy being on the Mandalorian is exactly what we need to kind of pull in other characters that maybe he has worked on before. And that kind of leads us into another piece oh, that yeah. you wrote up. This Matt. is a big one here. This I caught caught wind of this today. And I, I may, if, if time permits, throw up a speculation video on YouTube. So we appreciate if you check that out and sub. Uh, but as Nick was teasing here, Floney, as I even write in the article, is, is Lucas's true protege. I mean, he, he's helmed the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. He got Resistance, o or yeah, Resistance off the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's uh, working on the Mando. I was just gonna say at the end of the last segment, I, I think it's a matter of time before he's working in, on the movies. You know, uh, but again, this all stems back to Entertainment Weekly interviews, and and Filoni dropped a very curious quote. And you know, I'll kind of let you decide for yourself. I'm pretty sure I know what he was saying because I am a force being myself. But here's what he says. And you really got to just interpret every word and let it you know, steam over your gray matter and to come up with how you're going to interpret this. But he says, having a character you wrote walk up and talk to you in full costume on a set that you imagined that was a wonderful thing. All right, dude, what the fuck does that say to you? Yeah, I mean, you can take this a lot of ways, obviously, like you said, but if you really kind of drill down and think about it for a second, character that you wrote, I don't think, you know, Filoni's directing here, you know, he's probably done a little bit of writing, stuff like that, but what did Filoni really focus on writing-wise, lore-wise, story-wise, character development-wise? We're talking Clone Wars, Rebels. Oh, yeah, just some little shit. Yeah. Just, just a little franchise called the Clone Wars that 
spawned, I don't know, one or two pretty popular fan characters. Yeah. And another small one that he followed that up with was called Star Wars Rebels. Not sure if you Star Wars fans ever heard about it. Uh, Resistance. I, I mean, the guy... I'm not going to say he's created as many characters as George. That would be sacrilegious. But he's probably the only other guy that's touched Star Wars that has created characters that have become fan favorite and basically legacy characters. And, and I'm talking about Ahsoka Tano. Uh, I, I'm even giving him credit for creating prequel Erica Anakin because that's the one I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got guys, random dudes like Hondo Anaka. I mean, Hondo has become so popular with fans, he's a, a motherfucking the best-looking animatronic ever at a Disney park yeah. now. I mean, you can argue that he really kind of created the persona of Boba Fett because only, the only thing we ever saw of Boba Fett before was... Exactly. Kitty Boba Fett in episode two, and then Boba Fett. Yeah, and, what, what he does, Daniel Logan. Yeah. Ah. So. Ooh. I mean, he he creates Fire. that character, and then all of the you know, there's a ton of these great characters in both Rebels. I mean, Rebels. And, uh, yeah. you guys, ever hear someone called Ezra, Kanan, uh, Hera, Zeb, Chopper? I mean, come on, man. So. As I, I as it sounds like Nick has decided for himself, I, I'm pretty sure this motherfucker's talking about they're bringing an animated character from his creations into the Mandalorian. Yeah, this is the perfect way to do this. I mean, and and the ones that really stick out most to me and that you call out in this in in the piece that you wrote up are the two characters at the end of Rebels who are kind of on this mission to find Ezra, as we know at the end of. Uh, at the end of Rebels, he kind of fucking warps off into deep space. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. It's a few <laughs> years old, so I, we, we really don't give that big of a fuck. Yeah, I mean... try to pretend to. <laughs> but, yeah, so Ezra's essentially lost along with Thrawn, and, and at the end, Sabine says that she is going to... She's dedicated to finding him. I, she's always going to look for him. So, I mean, th- in this time period, too, if we're thinking about the time period where this is f- happening... It's seven, eight years after um, the the end of ROTJ, which is a good time period for her to still be kind of on this mission, on this quest to be looking oh, for us. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it. I mean, let's just talk about Sabine because she leaves with Ahsoka, so she's in play too. But Sabine is a fucking Mandalorian. She is. Yeah, she is a man, like an actual like Mandalorian. from a, a powerful family on Mandalore. Yeah, like her wasn't it? Her sister became the Mandalore, right? Or was it? No, it's not her direct sister. It's, it was the sister of um, Duchess Satine. Satine. Yes, yes, yes. Who was bad with all the you know the evil pre Vizsla and all that, mm-hmm. but then ends up becoming good again by the end of Rebels. No, uh, Sabine was essentially going to be the chosen leader of Mandalore because yeah. she had the dark. She saber. had the dark saber, yes, and that's uh, and she trained with it, got good with it, but she ends up leaving it on Mandalore to kind of stick with the Phoenix Squadron. Yeah. So, but I mean, going back to it, dude. I mean, we know. Pedro's Mandalorian is true Mandalorian. He's not a, a wannabe like Django and Boba. Uh, it would just it would make sense that Sabine could cross his path. And I mean, does that does it get negated with John's line? No legacy characters. I don't. I don't think. I don't so. think I mean, so. I think if we had a lawyer, Nick, we could argue our way out of that. I think. Yeah. I think when he's talking about legacy characters, he's talking about movie characters. The big three. Yeah. Chewbacca. Yeah. Exactly. And didn't we just get an announcement that Ming-Na Wen was going to be in this series? Oh, fuck. Look at you. I mean, 
if we're, I mean, Sabine to me, I think was meant to be Asian yeah. in descent. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, I'm not trying to draw racial lines here. I'm just saying, if you look oh, at no, <laughs> give yourself credit. That's a fucking great speculation there, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sabine that is a great call because they they could totally make Ming into an older Sabine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she, I guess I don't know how much older she'd really look. I mean, what what was she when Rebels ended? I mean, she was a teenager still, young twenties. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll try to look up. Um, I don't think she was that old, but I, and it's probably not going to happen. But I one hundred percent like where your head's going with that. Yeah. That was a pretty good call there. I mean, I, I don't know if it would go that way either, but I really do think that the type of characters that Meng Na Wen plays, them both being of what looks like Asian descent, um, I think she would be a perfect character to bring this, or the perfect person to bring this character to life in, you know, live action form. I mean, she, Sabine Ren's a fucking badass. If you've ever seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know that, Ming Na Wen plays a badass in Age of May. Um, right. If we're if we're talking, I mean, when did what was the correlation between the end of Rebels and then the end of ROTJ? Is there like a? I don't know if it. I mean, there is. There's a definite gap. Epilogue. Yeah. I don't know if it was like a year or two after the final fall or a couple months, but she's essentially they're on a planet. She's she just finished the mural of Phoenix Squadron. Ahsoka rolls up in a ship. She's all decked out in like this white jet non Jedi robe, and they pretty much peace out and more or less say we're coming for you. Yeah. So it says okay. I think it's five years later is when she's doing the the mural because I'm looking. It's oh, when really? she had the okay. short hair, right? I mean, she always kind of had short hair. Well, like man short hair, like super cropped. Got yeah, it's. I think it's five years later. So I mean, I can definitely see like Ming. So it'd be it'd be right in line with Mando time. Yeah, right? like maybe like two years further in the future is when the the Mando would start. I think that May not May Ming Na Wen could pull it off. She's she's she looks young. I mean, she's let's be perfect. real, and this hopefully people aren't offended by this, but. Asians have superpowers when it comes to aging. They don't age. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because they, they diet right. They exercise. You know. Yeah. They just live a better, healthy life. Uh, so they're not like big, big, fat-ass Americans that look like shit by the time they're 50. Yeah. So. So she, I, I mean, I love, I love where you ran with that. I mean, that, that's got me doing all sorts of speculation. I mean, Ahsoka is another one. The other one I kind of threw out just casually would be, would be Hondo. I mean, he's, again, a perfect type of character for a lawlessness galaxy. Right. I mean, he's a fucking pirate after all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I don't, I really don't think they would blow the continued adventures of Ahsoka and Sabine as little live-action cameos. I mean, I'd fucking love it, bro. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I, I think it'd be fantastic. I just, I, I feel like, they're almost too big for that. I could see it doing, I can see them having like a three episode arc, you know? Great. Yeah. Where they just dip in for a bit and they're still on their main mission. That's, that's fine too. Yeah. Uh, But I'm still going as we wrap this one up that Floney more or less said, I created a character in the animated world and now the motherfucker's talking to me in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And this comes right. I'm telling you, man, right after the announcement uh, of Ming-Na Wen, like it's gotta be, it's a damn good call, dude. It's a damn good call. 
So, yeah. so you want to take it to the bank? Is he taking it to the bank? Uh, God, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Who cares? I'll take it to like the our, bank. I'm it's not say, like anyone's watching the bank anyway. Yeah, I'm going to so. say it right here. So when Ming-Na Wen is announced as Sabine Wren, you come back to this podcast recorded on September 10th, 2019. Oh, we'll rub it in everyone's faces, we but trust it. me, I, I've had some big calls on Entertainment Buddha and no one still cares <laughs> after the fact. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but... Yeah. We're, we're low-level losers, but, hey, we have fun doing we it. We enjoy so. the time we spend together for sure. So Okay, moving on, buddy, to our last of the news bits here, and this is uh, it's one about everyone's favorite person in Star Wars right now, and that is Mr. Ryan Johnson. Oof. I, for one, do not hate the man. Kind of like him, like Looper. I'll be I'm interested in going to check out Knives Out. Uh, do I think TLJ is the best Star Wars movie? No. Do I think it's the worst? Absolutely not. So, anyways, Ryan, he's out doing some press for Knives Out, which I believe is still a month or two away, but he's talking with Uprox, and, of course, everyone's going to ask this guy. And no one really gives a fuck about Knives Out. Let's be real. They're still going after him about The Last Jedi because, really, the heat's still out there for his movie. I mean, it's still as divisive as ever. I mean, we see it anytime we post something about Ryan, people essentially just start shit posting it. Uh, but he did give us a little information on his new trilogy, and when I say little, I'm talking micro penis size. Yeah, he right, Nick. So <laughs> he didn't give much, but here's what he said, and we'll kind of dissect it. And this is in regards to his new trilogy. I'm where I can't say anything about it. Well, you've pretty much been there since day one, yeah, but cool. Yeah. Still completely in process with it. It's a process. Means it's a process. So that means it could change. It could shift. There are a bunch of moving parts with it. So that is the biggest no answer you could ever give. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you could even take here. We, we could we could put a troll spin on this. Say, oh, yeah, he's fired. He's just, they're, they're not ready to announce it yet. Well, I mean, they just announced this new, didn't like him and Bergman just get this new, deal from a production company or something like that um, i i think so i mean i know they're they're kind of butt buddies in terms of how they 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 have to work on every film together i mean bergman is his producer period yeah let me say i know that like something just happened um wait either way why you look that up yeah. i mean he's got time because we do know that the the got guys they're they're getting the 22 release right Yes, yes. Scott Geyser's kind of been out there, which means if Ryan were to start releasing his trilogy, it wouldn't be coming out till 2024 anyway. Yeah, they got time. So the the, the piece that I was talking about with Bergman and, and Johnson is that they just launched this new entrepreneurial venture, as it's called, and the name of it's T Street. And basically what it is, it's a new company. This is a quote from Deadline. Um, a new company that will generate original content for film and TV shows. It's, it's capitalized by, so it's, it's a venture, it's a VC funded um, by Valence Media. And um, it says John, Johnson and Bergman have the financial ability to develop, produce, and finance projects with T Street holding a substantial financial stake. So they've yeah. So they basically parlayed their their Star Wars money into starting their own little side business. Yeah, they they basically just kind of created their own production company, from what it sounds like. Right, which is probably going to get his trilogy and this, that, and the other thing, and he's just going to be making money hand over fist. But hey, that, that's the American dream, my friend. Yeah. So 
Good for him. I mean, either way, I'm still excited to see what he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't hate the man. I don't think he ruined Star Wars at all. I kind of appreciated his unique vision. I definitely don't agree with all of his choices. And, and I still I just want to put that out there. I know he's hell-bent on, yes, this is brand-new Star Wars. What is Star Wars without the legacy characters? That's all fine and good, and I'm excited for that type of Star Wars. But goddamn it, there's got to either be Easter eggs, casual conversations, posters, uh, books of lore that mention real Star Wars. Real, original Star Wars. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I think can't, so. I, I just don't want to detach completely from what was set up from just 1977 to 2019. Keep the motherfucking lightsabers. Like, the lightsaber is one of the yeah, most that, iconic you, weapons ever. Even shit like that, man. Like, let, let's not get too creative. Like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be so anti-legacy Star Wars. They're, you're not even going to have lightsabers. They're not going to be blasters. Everyone's going to be fighting with fucking sticks in their mind. It's yeah. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, no, bitch. No, you, you got to keep some tangible items in there that that people remember and, and you don't have to have a character from legacy but i'd like to one of these new characters be like oh man did you hear about the the, the legend of ray and fucking ben solo man that, that must have been a fucked up time to live in and maybe that's why we're still fucked up now yeah yeah no it's like a, a just statue, stuff like that i mean some shit like that yeah you can't just completely divest from what made star wars star wars and i think that's what's the biggest beef people have with Ryan's like, Oh, you didn't do star Wars like star Wars is done. Like, okay, well, I mean, there there's good and bad for that approach. So that, that's just my take on the new one here. He also talked about some of the TLJ reactions. He's pretty much said, you know what? A lot of people felt the same way about empire, which Nick and I have talked about. Uh, he even said when he first watched empire as a kid, it wasn't his favorite, but it ultimately became his favorite. And I don't think he's, putting it out there like listen motherfuckers in, in 20 years 10 years everyone's gonna be saying tlj was the best I, I think he's pretty much saying listen when you take on something as big as star wars with as huge of a passionate fan base as it has you gotta take the bad with the good because i'm still getting a lot of passionate awesome feedback on tlj and i'm still getting kicked in my balls with the negative stuff but it is what it is i'm just glad i was kind of I mean, a part of it let's just put this out there and just be completely honest about it. The only Star Wars movie to come out that wasn't like, you know, that didn't have some sort of backlash or negative press associated with it was the first one was the very first one that came out in 1977 after. Oh, and I bet the I bet the, the press leading up to it was as negative as possible. Oh, yeah. Like people were like, what is this? This is, you know, <laughs> this fucking bozo that did like a car movie. Yeah. Now he's making THX. This- a star fighting movie. But I mean, think about it. The, the backlash against empire, people hated, um, ROTJ because of the Ewoks. And they said it was too kid friendly. Then you go to the prequels and they come out and like Ryan even mentions and mentions in his quote, the acrimony that was, that has surrounded the prequels since they released. I mean, not a single prequel movie came out that didn't have some sort of, you know, either critic or fan negative reaction to it. TFA, you had people saying that it was too close to, to the uh, you know to a New Hope, and that, that that JJ was just rehashing old material. TLJ comes out, and then you have the backlash against that. Like every Star Wars movie that's come out since 1977 has had some sort of backlash associated right. with it. Like there's no. I mean, the moral of the story is fucking Star Wars geeks are assholes. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's... Most <laughs> geeks of anything are assholes. I mean, let's face it, humanity 
is just one big asshole. Yeah, I mean, when you have, and that's kind of what Ryan says towards the end of his his little quote, is that he says, you know, when you have a fan base that is as passionate as Star Wars fan base in the Star Wars fandom, it's, it's impossible to put out something that doesn't, you know, kind of stoke a fire on one side or, or, or people disagree yeah, so. with. Like, you know, the, it, he's got to take it. In the end, he's fucking laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, the guy's probably going to make four Star Wars movies. As Nick says, he parlayed that into making his own production studio, which is just going to generate wealth for generations. Oh, so yeah. have at it, Mr. Johnson. We definitely do not have your head on a pike here at Star Wars time. You're always welcome on the show, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. There's the invite. I mean, anytime. We'll, we'll try to fit you into our busy schedule. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got to work it's around. Not like you, it's stuff. not like you have anything to do right now, right? No. Because you're not working on Star Wars anyways. It's all a lie. <laughs> it's a Kathleen Kennedy plot. It's a takeover. Oh, man. The libs. <laughs> all right, anyways, dude, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment of the week, at least those of you that get into collecting and appreciating Star Wars fan art, and that is the top five Instagram artists of the week covering 830 to 96. As always, I kind of went through the feed. If you're tagging Star Wars Time Show, hashtagging Star Wars Time Show, or if I just see some random Star Wars shit, you have potential to make this segment each and every week. And it's, oh, such a fantastic segment, Nick. So I lined them up as always. Nick knocked them down. What do you got for me this week, my friend? We are, we are back to our top five format, so no top ten this week. But it's a, it's a good little mix of everything from the Star Wars universe, as you always get here in the top five. I mean, we have new artists. We have old artists. We have new figures. We have old figures. We have new looks. We have old looks. It's going to be filled with fantastic shit. That's what the top five is. So let's go. First up is a returning top five member at TK Burgett, T-K-B-E-R-G-E-T on Instagram. And he has a fantastic shot of a trio of Sith troopers coming up and having a conversation with one really kind of weathered looking first order trooper and, and kind of pushing this motherfucker to the side. And they're like, right. Get the fuck out the way. I mean, his, his initial caption was step aside. We'll take it from here. And that, that's pretty much what I think uh, these Sith troopers has been described as these aren't your standard dumb fuck bucket heads. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are coming in. They're going to assert their dominance over the galaxy. And they look at, like you said, these essentially brainwashed first order troopers as as amateurs they're like we've been out in the fucking unknown regions we've been surviving for decades we are right. battle hard waiting gravity wells yeah. we got fucking jet packs i mean come on yeah i mean this is so uh, i mean i thought that this was a really fucking cool shot that's just gonna show like you know, it, it really does kind of foreshadow what we are to see in oh, the yeah. Rise of Skywalker. I, I mean, I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna be seeing white first order troopers getting dropped by these motherfuckers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just blasted. I mean, I, mean, I, I hope so. But in terms of the shot, I just I, I love the depth of field he's got going. I like the weathering he did on all the figures. I mean, it's very basic. You see that Nick, like the black in there and the grooves and edges. That's yep. not standard around the knees there. He added all that in just to give it a little more of a, a lifelike quality. I also, when we do this segment, I love looking at the tricks people use for stuff. And I'm going to go with here if TK's listening. Hopefully he'll comment back, which we've actually gotten really good on that, where if we ask questions, people will answer. But if you look at the white one in particular, Nick, down at his feet. Yep. 
I think he's using like sticky tack. Oh yeah, they do. His his feet are. And kind of he like... either you know wiped it out or, or just painted it in gray or shiny gray to match the floor. But to get a figure to just even slightly lean like that, you would have to have something to support it. Because I'll tell you right now, one of the most frustrating aspects of toy photography are getting these little dickheads. <laughs> To stand in place in the pose you want as you get everything else set up and you can snap the pick. I mean, I, I got out this past weekend, dude, and it's without fucking fail. And I, any toy photography will have similar stories. Getting shit set up. Getting the lights in the right place. Getting the camera framed out. Everything looks great. Everything's blocked off. I'm ready to shoot. Boom! The motherfuckers fall down. It's <laughs> domino time. And you want to literally stab your own eyes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, so mean, I can it, see it, that. It looks like sure. TK here is using some good old sticky tack to get, get keep these assholes in place, which, which I love. It's a great trick to do indoors. Uh, outdoors, typically, if you want a little more action-oriented, you're going to have to use some uh, Sir Dork tricks or everything Kylo tricks and throw in some wire there. And really pose them, but just a, it's a great little scene shot here from TK this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at TK Burgett on Instagram, very well done, sir. And what I like to see on these two is, you know, we have the the our Instagram posts embedded in this in in the StarWarsTime.net post, and I'm seeing plus 200 likes on many of our photos now. A lot of our shares are getting over 200 likes, some getting over 300. I thought we saw one 400 in there out of nowhere. I mean, it is really it's nice to see I that. do feel like the IG algo gods have caught wind of us now, though, and, and they're putting the hammer on us a little bit. Let's just say the past two weeks we haven't quite had the traction we typically do when people visit the profile. Yeah, it's our it's our turn at the bottom of the wheel of fate. For, oh, yeah, for <laughs> it's, they're basically like, they just someone looked like an intern's like oh fuck star wars time show got over a thousand without paying yeah and they're a business account how did we let this happen (laughs) hide their posts no one could see them oh man but don't worry everybody we're still going we're not going to stop anytime soon it just means it's up to you motherfuckers to like shit more and comment on it more because as nick the social media ad god explained to us as soon as we post these things, if it doesn't get a quick organic reaction, it's dead. Yes, it will. It will sink to the bottom of the Instagram. <laughs> it literally pile. just disappears from feeds. Yeah. So. Um, so next up, we have a new account to the top five, and actually, this is I can't believe that this uh, this name was available at Star Warsaholic on I Instagram. I, I almost feel like that should be the podcast. Name. I know it's a fantastic name here, sir. I mean, you and I are definitely Star Wars aholics. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. It. Oh yeah, I would agree with that sentiment for sure. But what Star Wars aholic has here is a fantastic I don't know if this would be considered a portrait shot, Matt. This is your kind of domain. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a portrait. Yeah. I mean, honestly, most figure shots are portrait unless there's other elements, other characters involved and whatnot, or a clear action scene. So by the way, this is a fucking figure that I want so damn bad. So, yeah, this it's a portrait shot of Obi-Wan Kenobi and his full kind of clone armor yeah, it's, set. It's, it's, it's GK. I yeah, mean, it's General, General Kenobi. Kenobi, but I believe from... Now, he, he wore this in the proper Clone Wars. He definitely wears it in the uh, Gennady Clone Wars did, uh, series. But it, it, I mean, he essentially, if people, if you're if you're fans of the Kenobi, you know, he he co-ops some clone armor. The motherfucker does 
throws his robe over it like a cape and, and starts pimping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a fucking fantastic looking shot. So you said that this is a this is a figure that you want. So what? This is a Black Series well, GK figure. Or? I don't know how these motherfuckers are getting it unless they're going on eBay at this point. At least in the U.S. Because this, I believe, is supposed to be a Walgreens exclusive, which are always hard to find because they're fucking Walgreens. Hello, <laughs> Hasbro. Why the fuck do you release exclusive Black Series toys? Exclusive any toy to a drugstore a fucking pharmacy like what are we talking about yeah that's got to be some kind of deal that they made a fucking long time ago that they still have been forever i mean they they, uh, funko does it i mean walgreens is literally on the list of retailers up there with target uh walmart you name it that gets exclusive fucking toys yeah doesn't make a lot of sense but this this figure one looks fantastic this the face sculpt is like fucking dead on um, the armor that is that's associated with the figure that's on the figure looks fantastic. I mean, everything about this. Does that cape come included with it as well? Yeah, buddy. Wow. So look at that. I mean, see, Nick's picking up on the little stuff now. That is a soft goods cape that comes with the figure. So it's all. I mean, it's all part of his armor. It's looks like it's basically glued down with those two yeah circles up there on his titties. Oh yeah, this guy's great, and just I—I I mean, I haven't made a serious effort of trying to find them, just because I—I kind of use the toy community to know when big shit drops like this. Um, but yeah, he looks fantastic. Star Wars Holic made him look fantastic. Really, if you just go check out Star Wars Holic's profile right now, you could tell that GK has kind of been his muse. Yeah, uh, he's busted out all sorts of great shots of this figure, and and they'll make you go. Shit, I need him too. <laughs> that w- that he uh, did with this shot here for sure. So at Star Warsaholic on Instagram, very well done, sir. Moving on to the next one. This is another brand new account to the top five at Pose Plastic on Instagram. Pose P O S E Plastic, as you spell plastic, and it's a cool crossover shot here. So we have a little mixing of genres. We have Boba Fett from the Star Wars universe, and we have a Xenomorph from the Aliens universe. It's not the first time that we've seen a Star Wars alien crossover here on the top five. I love them for some reason. It just fucking works. Like, the aesthetic of the Xenomorph and the and the whole alien vibe just kind of works really well with oh, yeah, people dude. like Vader or Boba Fett or something like this. I mean, this is a really cool shot here by Post Plastic. Well, it's just, I, I love the caption, too. Yeah. Did you say that one? Who, who is, is really, really being, being hunted? hunted? Yeah, that's fucking fantastic. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's got the way he posed them, and, or he, she. We don't know sometimes with these handles, so sorry. We're, we're not trying to be sexist here. But, I mean, literally, the name, Pose Plastic. And what do we get here in the shot? Very well-posed figures. Uh, but I just I love the pose on Boba, how it, it is that, like, he's just waiting around the corner for something to pop out so he can blast it. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, like you were saying, the pose is what really fucking stands out here. The way that his head is turned, Boba Fett's head, is that like a natural rotation of this character's head? Or did he have to like do some sort of like popping off and fucking really cranking this thing? It's a, I mean, honestly, dude, the fact that there's a tag down here it says Black Series Archive now leads me to believe that this could be a three and three quarter inch figure. Oh wow! And not the six inch Boba. Wow. Okay. Because uh, I have the six inch Boba right here. Hold on. I 
hang out. I actually got my Dagobah Days uh, Cantina Dio sitting right next to me these days. And I got Boba kind of sitting there. Um, yeah, you can you can get close to that. Okay, okay. Because that was, like, that's what really stood out to me about the shot. I mean, the pose is fantastic, particularly the head placement of Boba. And, I mean, just the body positioning of him against the wall, kind of juxtaposed to now the... i'm sitting here playing with figures like <laughs> five years old i'm like making him walk on the desk like an asshole Perfect. okay i'll put him down <laughs> and then just like the the stalking nature the great pose of the xenomorph in the background i mean totally pose plastic really fucking hit the nail on the head the red light right, the lighting the lighting really helps this scene as well because yeah, exactly. you know boba's kind of cast in shadow then you got that real bright red on the Xeno. It looks like there's a little haze in there. I don't know if it's atmosphere aerosol, but it's just a, it's an all-around well-done pick. I believe Pose is a somewhat new account. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, He's only got... Smaller following. Yeah, 283. 283. So it's definitely an account you guys want to check out. Yeah, so for sure. If you're new to this or you missed it when we had it up on IG, definitely hit up at Pose Plastic. Check out the gallery and make the decision to follow, which should be a decision to follow absolutely Ooh, i love that look at the one down here at the xenomorph and the porg oh wait, wait. <laughs> i mean that's what i love, uh, I love about it. this community though is just like love the creativity it. that comes through with shot i mean because you can literally make anything work you can put anything together he, he, oh yeah no i mean come on people post plastic let's get this account well 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 over 283 please yes, thank you beautiful stuff beautiful stuff so do your work do you know it, it's called you give a little you get a little that's how we work in this community absolutely you reach you reach around us we'll give you a reach around back all right so next up this is, I mean, this one really just visually captured me from the moment I saw it. This is a shot by another new top five participant here. It's at SWTBS underscore Wild Wing. See, I'm going to go with this, this account wanted to show their appreciation for Star Wars time. Star Wars And time. their Black Series figures. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Hence, the SWTBS. Yep, Star Wars Time Black Series, Wild Wing. <laughs> now, we're running with it. If you're listening, Wild Wing, just, just, just don't ag- tell anyone the truth. Just, just agree just with shake us. your head and be like, yep, yep, yep. Agree with us. So what's really fantastic about this shot here, we see Vader, ignited lightsaber, fantastic pose, but it's all of the post-processing atmospheric stuff that was done in this shot that really just makes it fucking stand out amongst the crowd because this looks so i mean like there's there's it seems like there's a little bit of desaturation in terms of the colors it's it's very chaotic yeah yeah but but in a good way i mean it it, it just looks like chaos and invader is fighting through it yeah i mean it's the perfect setting for vader we know that his castle is on mustafar he's surrounded by smoke you have these these little bits of, you know, these embers and sparks kind of flying towards him. I mean, it looks like he's on another battle on on Mustafar. I mean, it's fucking really f- cool how Wild Wing's able to do this. And if you scroll through his feet, his last, like, you know, probably seven, eight shots all feature a similar style. There's one with Anakin like that. You have the Vader, a Vader Kylo that has a similar atmospheric effect as well. I mean... That's what really grabbed me about this. I'll tell you what, man. He's got a fantastic custom uh, Hermit Obi-Wan 6-inch. Oh, the let's see. oh, I see him. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, it's legit. 
Dude, that I looks... would love to get. I mean, I, I got this Obi Wan in one six scale form. He's beautiful, and now that I got my Maul one six. I, I may have some ideas for those two, having a little photo shoot. Yeah, but I'd love a six inch version of this Kenobi. But uh, yeah, I mean, this shot, this Vader shot's fantastic. I see Wild Wing. Hook me up, bro. How much? I'll pay for that. I want one like that. If you're listening, I'm not fucking around. Dude, that looks like that almost looks exactly like Mythos Obi Wan. Like that's what yeah, I mean. It looks exactly but it's like the, that the little guy. Video. I mean, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> so make it for me, SWTBS, please. Yeah, Wild Wing. If you're if you're listening, I think your name's Patrick. Yes, it's on your thing, Patrick. Hook us up. Hook up. Oh, he's from Deutschland too. There we go. There we go. I'll even pay international, international shipping, shipping yeah. brother. It doesn't matter. I mean, hook me up. If you're listening, you understand English, which you probably do because you're not an American and you probably learn more than one language. Yeah. Uh, hook me up. Dope. I wanted to share his last one, too. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's hard for me Dude, to not Kylo. overshare certain accounts through a week, but his most recent with Vader fighting Kylo, oh, I thought beautiful. was pretty choice as well. Beautiful. A lot of those starting to pop up now, like Vader versus Kylo kind of coming yeah. in with the with the Tross stuff. So, um, excellent shot at... S-W-T-B-S underscore Wild Wing on Instagram. Well done, sir. Closing it out, top five. We got the GOAT. Is he the GOAT, Matt? Is Uh-oh. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. You just threw it out there. I guess he is, He's huh? the GOAT, right? This guy is... This is... We're, I mean, I, I think uh, everything's getting a little They're close. sad that we keep uh, kind of bumping them up and down, up and down. So, I mean, really, those two, Sir Dork and everything, they're they're our goats. They are. They're the two goats. They're, they're Star Wars time goats. And when it comes to their toy photography, they're, they're definitely in the next level league. One I'm, I'm trying to get in one day, the, the double-digit follower league. And they get there because of their action-oriented practical effect shot. Which you got here from Sir Dork's latest. Oh yeah, Sir Dork has a fantastic shot here featuring the the fantastically cool looking samurai line of uh, of Star Wars figures, and in particular, we have the stormtrooper variant here, and he's you know in an action oriented pose, as you know is signature by Sir Dork. Everything Kylo, these really top level guys. And yeah, they're, they're, these guys are never going to reduce themselves to just basic portrait photographers <laughs> like myself. I mean, these guys, every fucking shot is explosive. Yeah, and I mean... Li- like, literally yeah, explosive. Like there, there is some sort of flammable or explosive use. Yeah, there, there's... You can see the signature Sir Dork, you know, explosions going in the background. And what's happening in the shot, you have this, this samurai stormtrooper running through a battlefield... And he has his katana blade drawn and is severing what looks like an assassin droid unit. I don't know if it's an IG-88. Oh, I mean, figure-wise, it's IG-88 yeah. for sure. It's the Black Series IG-88. So he's it, cutting it, it him works in, this. in half. And then yep. fucking sparks fly everywhere, making for a fantastic... I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I haven't checked out his video yet that breaks this down. I I urge people to, if you're into toy photography and you want to do some crazier looking shit with flammable liquid, blowtorches, fireworks, bombs, you name it, check out Sir Dirk on YouTube. He he breaks these things down. But knowing how Jared operates, I'm going to go with even the fire coming out of IG-88 is real. Wow. (laughs) I I really didn't. I'm going to, you know, sometimes he may get little clever with the digital stuff and bring an effect in here 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 or there but i believe he's almost always 100 percent practical as i know everything is 
Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe I should just go check out the video and quit being uninformed. But either way, I mean, it, it's it's a Sir Dork shot. And I'm kind of upset with the community here for only getting this shot. I know, 67, 67 likes. likes. That's a I, was, up, I saw that and I was like, one, I mean, I really love the samurai line of the Star Wars figures. I think they look Ashi fucking Garo cool. Stormtrooper. And then, because you have a fantastic shot of this trooper as well. I mean, this was, I think you may have put this up a while ago. But, um, I mean, this thing just looks really fucking He's got cool. a great set of nipples on his arm. I know, right? He? He's got, like, Batman fucking nipples on his Hardcore, arm. Hardcore. <laughs> like, yeah, like George Clooney Batman nipples. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a signature. Yeah, they're fun figures, man. I mean, I, I just got the, the C-3PO one. I didn't just get it. I mean, it was a few months ago. But, I mean, he's badass looking. The next ones on the horizon are... Uh, Age of Resistance base. So there's going to be a Kylo, a First Order Trooper, and phasma nice 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 yeah i mean yeah. kylo's looks radical as hell i mean the, kylo the two vader ones i don't know if you ever seen those yeah yet, but the, the vader ones are the ones that initially drew me to this line which is from bandai it's just like i mean kylo man. almost looks like a samurai just in his regular ass armor from the yeah movies. Yeah, you're, yeah you're right <laughs> so but yeah no i mean this is a fantastic top five closed up by sir dork I mean, the guy is clearly one of if you're if you're new to the community, if you're new to the toy photography universe, follow him, follow everything Kylo, follow everybody. Yeah, get linked in with him. I mean, he he does uh, the Sir Dork shout out hashtag, so he'll blow you up on his stories. I think every Sunday he does this, and he's just a nice fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never met him in person. We've DM through IG. But he's a guy I feel like I could go hang out with tomorrow and talk to him, kind of like I talk to Nick yeah. on a weekly basis. I mean, just a cool dude. I feel the same way with everything Kylo. Uh, work more or less as someone else I've, I've kind of gotten to know through IG DMs. Uh, and I have Utah. I, I'd love to get to know Tom, or I would love for Nick to one day feature one of his shots because he's another guy I look up to. And I may kind of put it out there. I shared one this week of a Darth Maul from him that, I don't know. If I was picking the top five, I might throw in there. But yeah, Whoa, I don't. I don't man. try to influence our buddy Nick here. So there we go. There we go. Putting we'll a little see. little word in for for but, somebody. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of getting it out there in the that force. And for the first time ever, I may even say, hey, you know what? Put this. I feel motherfucker like I put out a good shot this week. So. Dude, you did. You did. This is a discussion that we've had before. That we've had in the past. I, so. I, I I'm not opposed to the idea of. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know every cast we do it or every proper cast we do it or, or what, but I, I think it'd be fun to just kind of break down a, a Haywood pop shot and just so. kind of hear how much I loathe my own work <laughs> and this, that, and the other thing. I think that would be a good little addition All right, to we'll, the we'll, top five. Maybe we'll, we'll think about kicking that off next week. But as Nick said, Sir Dork kind of closed out the top five segment for this week. So you know what that means, my friends? I know. Stop crying. It's time to say goodbye, but not forever. So you know what you need to do at this point in time. You need to help the Star Wars Time bros. You need to go to StarWarsTime.net. You need to tell your other Star Wars friends, buddies, family, it doesn't matter, little kids, about Star Wars Time. Because there's always time for Star Wars Time, right? We haven't done the song in a while. There's always time for Star Wars Time. There's always time for Star Wars Time. You guys know the rest. But in all seriousness, StarWarsTime.net, that's where you can find all the subscribe links for the podcast. We're on Apple, Android, Google, email, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, RSS. We even have more options than that, plus we're on YouTube. So you can get all that information on StarWarsTime.net. And if you do subscribe, please like, rate, and review. 
every YouTube video, like, comment, review. I can't tell you how much it helps in the SEO world, the organic search world, the what is a fun Star Wars podcast search world. It all helps us big time. So please, my friends, remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. (laughs) 